On this episode of the Healthy 210 podcast, we talk to the Performing Arts School of Classical Ballet to talk about what it takes to develop an elite dancer and how to keep your dancers healthy throughout their lives as they grow through uh, elementary, middle, and high school. Here's the problem. We're spoiled for choice in San Antonio when it comes to our amazing fitness options. And there's a lot of confusion going around when it comes to figuring out what kind of workout is best for your body and where you are in your fitness journey today. But don't worry, there's no longer a need to be confused when it comes to your health and fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Stairs, and this is the Healthy 210 Podcast. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our free resource, the PR Life Roadmap. In this guide, we give you all the tools that you need to kickstart your health and fitness lifestyle. Whether you're working out through an injury, figuring out your fitness routine, or optimizing your fitness lifestyle, this guide is for you. All you have to do is go to our website, www.theperformancerepublic.com, and sign up for updates to receive your free copy of the PR Life Roadmap today. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy 210 Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Stairs. And this month, as we are highlighting dance and gymnastics, we're going to follow the trend this week by uh, having an awesome guest on. We have uh, Elizabeth from the Performing Arts School of Classical Ballet. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking some time out to come talk with us and kind of shed some light on the on the dance world. Of course. Um, so for those of you who don't, who don't know you or have not heard of the uh, Performing Arts School, um, give us a little bit of background into your background in dance and health and fitness and then kind of the little bit of history of the of the studio okay um i've been dancing for probably i stopped counting when i hit 25 years okay cool so i've been dancing for for a long time yeah studied mostly local in san antonio i have studied in a little bit in houston a little bit um with cincinnati ballet very nice i got the opportunity to go to um DC and studied with some different instructors up there. So yeah. been around and then I recently just kind of started tipping my toe in the acro kind of gymnastics world. Cool. Which is starting to be a bigger thing. In yes. That. And so I just recently was certified in that. So very nice. You know, I've been dancing forever. And you know, as you progress, I've learned what what is bad for your body and what is good for your body. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, I love, I love teaching. And so then I've been teaching for about 18 years. Cool. And for our school, the school's been around for about, I think it's almost our 55th year. Wow. And I look great for my age. But, um, but yeah, so we've, it's, we've mostly been focused on classical ballet. Okay. Which it's kind of hard to find nowadays. You find more of the hip hop girls want or yes. um, acrobatics. Sure. So we, we, we mostly fo focus on the classical ballet. And yeah. then we've just in the past few years started opening up um, different classes, branching into lyrical and acro. Okay. So, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so as for um, people who may not be aware of you know, the process it takes to become a dancer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, the trend that we've kind of seen in our limited experience is <laughs> most dancers seem to 
pick things up very, very young, right? Uh, they they start off at a very young age and continue through their life. That um, <laughs> that is the that is the general trend. I mean, it for dancing, it it is it is kind of true. The younger you get in, yeah, the better. Um, I mean, of course, there's always the ones like. Misty Copeland yes. started when she was 14. I mean, that's, that's very rare. Right. Uh, usually with most of our students, especially the ones that end up going pro or end up going into that kind of dance area, yeah. they, most of them start between the ages of, I would say, like six and eight okay. is where you pick up the most. And then if they can weather the, the rocky high school years yes. and stick to it, <laughs> um, then they they might have a chance. I mean, it's it's a very short career lifestyle. I mean, sure. by the time you're 28, you're basically done. Right. So right. it's 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 a fat it's fast. You have to get in <laughs> before you're 18, and you're done by the time you're about 30. So yeah, ab so, yeah. absolutely. And um, I'm glad that you kind of pulled up the uh, example of Misty Copeland because um, I think another kind of almost stereotype that she's almost kind of, um, you know, smashing through and myth busting a little bit is, uh, you know, the pairing of the dance background and actually all the dance, like actual skilled training mm -hmm. that she goes through, mm -hmm. but also pairing it with actually athletic performance. And yeah. that seems to be a little bit of a trend that we're seeing nowadays when it comes to dancers, we're seeing more and more dancers and more and more gymnasts and mm -hmm. in that kind of realm mm -hmm. who are taking their, um, strength and conditioning a little bit more seriously as an adjunct to their dance skills. Have you, is that something that you've seen? It, it is a bigger trend. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we have people like Misty Copeland to thank for that, or this is just an evolution of the yeah. sciences right. and health. Um, right. but I mean, you go back like 30 years ago and if you were going to be, you know, a ballet dancer and that's what you wanted to do, then you just basically did ballet, Yes. you know, 10 hours a day and yeah. there was no other kind of training. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's great, yeah. but yeah. eventually, you know, doing one set of routine, you're going to end up with weaknesses in other areas. And so it, yes. it, it is encouraging and I am seeing more and more dancers coming and they're asking, well, what can we do to be more well-rounded? Yeah. And I think that some of that is indicative of what you're seeing in the dance um, kind of careers now. Yes. There are more opportunities. So before, if you were going to be a ballet dancer mm -hmm. and say you didn't make the cut, yes, you were either too short, like I was too short. So. <laughs> you were either too short or you didn't have the luck, then if you didn't get picked up, that was it. Right. But now there, you can go be backup dancers. You can go into physical therapy. You can go into, um, they have dance therapy now. Yes. You can go into lyrical. You can go into hip hop. So there's a lot more opportunities that are newer in the marketplace now. So I think that might be part of it too. Sure thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with, with those kind of opportunities, um, do you see kind of a track now with, with your career in terms of people who maybe come to you as students who are now coming back here, coming back around and helping out on the instructor side of things? Or is that something that an opportunity that they have in, in your in your studio? Yes. I mean, usually I prefer to to train yeah. the teachers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it's you know, you anyone can dance. Sure. Not anyone can teach. Right. It, it's kind of a special 
yes. a special niche you have to discover. So, I mean, that is always rewarding for myself when I see people come back and like, oh, I want to, I want to teach. And then you can kind of guide them through it and help them out. So yeah, I yeah. am seeing that and I do it. That was always is encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. What's the biggest difference that you've seen in, in from the, from the dance side of things growing up as a dancer and then versus the teaching side of things, what's kind of been some of the similarities and kind of learning that skill and uh, what are some of the differences? Probably I would say that I really did not understand how to execute steps okay. or the importance of, you know, like why you want your foot turned out or the muscles yes. or what joints you want protected until I started teaching. Sure thing. And I mean, I, I'm, I was like kinesthetic learners. So I had to see it and taste it and touch it and yes. do it backwards and do it forward. So that's part of like, when I teach, I like the students to know what is the root word of this what does it mean? Mm -hmm. What does it mean in French? Because ballet is all in French. Sure. What? How could? How should you be working? How should your muscles be working? What to look out for? What to not do? And so, to me, I find that very helpful. Mm -hmm. And then, then I realized, you know, when I started teaching, I was like, oh, this is why my teachers were always yelling at me. And that, then, it, <laughs> then it made sense. It clicked. So yeah. So I, I don't know. I I think it helps you. You get a, a deeper, deeper understanding. understanding of what you're doing and how your body should be working. Yeah, absolutely. We we kind of have that same moment um, in in our in our world here. There's so many times where we're working with someone on the strength and conditioning side of things, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously with a background in sports, you you have some exposure to it, and you can you get told what to do, and you go yeah. along with <laughs> yeah. it, right? And then you get into the teaching movement, and it's like, man, if I knew all of this I, while yeah. I was younger, I probably wouldn't have listened to it. But yeah, you I know, know. Right? it's like, oh man. No, so yes, I, I, yes. Oh man, yeah, exactly right. So, so with with that, I, I know one of the big kind of questions that I know parents have going into uh, dance, mm -hmm. um, especially from a younger age, um, is well, one, what's the kind of commitment in terms of, of time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how often is like an optimal time training or is there an optimal time training um in a week-to-week -week basis mm -hmm. but also kind of you know we've got, kind of outlined all the different opportunities that people have going up into mm -hmm. dance and all the different mm -hmm. options they have but say we stick to just like the professional um pathway mm -hmm. in into a into a like a professional ballet company or anything like that mm -hmm. how does that kind of what are the steps into getting into that realm and kind of what um is the commitment like to get into that position well i mean and, and I have to give a disclaimer. I usually try and talk most of my dancers out, out of doing that. Being a professional dancer, <laughs> yeah. it's it's just it's a very hard lifestyle. Sure. And it it's 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 not forgiving at all. And you do. I yes. mean, there are many opportunities yep. that you can benefit from, but at the same time, the trade off is pretty harsh. I'm sure. I'm sure. So if if you say you ha you want to be a professional yeah. dancer and yep. you come to me and you are nine or ten right by the time the dancer is nine ten eleven they should be taking at least two to three hours a week sure and this this varies for some students sure. you also have to you also have to look at and see how mature the student's body is mm -hmm. if the if they're a little bit farther along in um you know puberty yeah. or their body's a little bit more mature then you can always add more lessons mm -hmm. if they are a slower developer yes you don't want to push it as fast and that's a, a lot of problems we see is where parents take take students in and they say they want to be professional dancers we want them taking all the time 
yes. which is great. Mm-hmm. But usually I don't recommend them to be taking every day until they're at least 13, 14, 15. Right. Um, that, that is kind of the prime time. You want to be taking a lot of classes in multiple things. Right. If you do it too soon, what tends to happen is either kid will burn out Mm -hmm. or you end up with, you start developing injuries. Right. And, and those injuries usually will plague you the rest of your life. Yes. That's where you want to be careful. So for sure. So I would say 12 and up is Mm -hmm. when you could seriously start doing multiple classes by the time, let's say you're 15, 16, you should be taking every day from anywhere to three to five hours okay not not maybe say not just ballet but you should be taking you know strength and conditioning you should be stretching i always encourage swimming swimming is a great one yeah um but you need to be doing something especially ballet every day yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah take a day off but and then by then they start going to uh summer intensive or different trainings and by the time you're 17 or 18 you need to have been either signed with a company or you need to be have been invited in somewhere and then it just goes from there that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah with the parallels that we see i mean across sports just out not even in the dance world but i mean we see the two different ends of things we see the kids who are you know very motivated and they're very kind of like kind of blinders on right i am gonna be professional i'm gonna do everything i want to (laughs) get to this one goal right um, but we also see that on the parental side too. We also kind of almost see the parents doing a lot of the pushing towards that mm-hmm. also. Um, and so, so in our realm, there's also, there's a lot of the time, there's a lot of education going on in terms of, okay, well, you know, let's pull it back a little bit, right? Let's like, let's not do all of these things too yeah, soon. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, I think it's, it's great when the parents and the kids are together on it. But yes. I mean, you still have to say, I mean, like I've had conversations with parents and these, I'm like, well, it is their prom. You should let them go. You know, yes, things like, right. you know, they're kids. Don't. Right. Life's already such hard. So hard. <laughs> Don't grow up that fast. Yeah. So you, you do. You have to gauge it. And, and unfortunately, like everyone's body and personality, each child's individual. Yeah. And each one is going to go for different things. So Absolutely. what works with one may not work for another. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and being um, in the world of dance like you have been for for the vast majority of your life, mm-hmm. uh, at this point in, in your life and career, do you feel like the training that you've done throughout your life in the in the dance world has um, kind of set you up for healthy habits into adulthood in terms of keeping yourself healthy and fit? I would say it's been a learning curve. Okay. Um, when I was a teenager and I was in dance, I mean, I was one of those that was, you know, dancing six hours a day. Yeah. Not, I mean, and, and it, weight is such a touchy subject sure. with wherever you go, yes. and especially with teenage girls. And yes. I don't know that my teachers actually explained to us, you know, healthy eating. And right, so I probably right. for a while, I will admit, I probably had an eating disorder for a while. Sure. And sure. I mean, the, the, that plagues you, although, I mean, I still have joints that hurt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's old age, but Absolutely, we'll blame sure. it on that. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it has definitely been a learning curve. And yeah. then I got into um, weightlifting yeah. and I started learning how, oh, wow, these muscles work. This supports this. So yes. it, it's definitely been a learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you tend to 
apply some of that experience into what you teach today in with dancers? I, I try. I try very hard to um, for dancers to understand the importance of. I mean, everybody's scared of weights. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a thing we see it all the time. I yeah. love weights. I don't understand <laughs> why. And so, I mean, we have five little five pound dumbbells, and we have some kettlebells in the studio. And yes. I'm like, hey, we're gonna pick up the weights. And I'm like, oh no! And, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I try to explain yeah. that, and then I mean, the big thing for me is posture. Sure. If you if you don't know how to stand, and you don't know how your muscles and your bones and your joints should be stacked, yeah. You're already set up for problem down the road. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing that we see a lot here, also, um, when it comes to like just exposing kind of youth athletes to to weights or something that they're not really kind of something that they're more averse to. Mm -hmm. um, a specific example of that would be we see people come in for injuries. Let's say we have a dancer and who's complaining of hip pain or a knee pain or something mm -hmm. like that. We'll take them through an assessment, and obviously they've got ridiculous range of motion, ridiculous flexibility, right. right? And we take them through those ranges, and then we'll say, okay, try and do that yourself actively, right? And so maybe they've got like, we can take their leg all the way up to the, almost like their face, right? Yeah. And we say, okay, what can you do actively? And they can barely lift their leg, like maybe yeah. like 10, 15 degrees off the ground. Yeah. Like, it's, well, that's your problem right there. We got to get yeah. some of this control back through this range here. It, it, it seems to be a common problem, especially like in the dance. Um, and and I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I did yeah. not study this. Sure. I didn't go to school sure. for, for, you know, sports <laughs> medicine. But I, I seem to to this is my belief at least until someone proves me wrong it yeah. seems that with the dancers that you have that come through that are very very flexible mm -hmm. there's a trade-off in strength sure and usually muscle mass mm -hmm. so like you don't really see a lot of bodybuilders that can you know right bend over and put their nose to their knees where you don't see a lot of dancers that can be picking up a lot of heavy weight sure and so that's usually one of the the kind of understood truths in, in teaching dances when you've got the, the students that come in that are really, really kind of tight. Yeah. They're usually really strong. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have the ones that are really flexible and you really have to work on them on just strength yes. because they don't have that strength there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely something that we see at a trend standpoint, right? Obviously there's a little bit of a trade off there in terms of flexibility and, and strength going on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's funny because when you finally get someone who's maybe on the flexible end to start kind of developing in that kind of strength world a little mm -hmm. bit more, right? Not to the point of like bodybuilding or anything like that, obviously, mm -hmm. but you know, just having that just like, you know, solid baseline of, you know, strength. Mm -hmm. If you've got someone who's super flexible naturally, doing all the right things in the strength, that's a very dangerous in a good way conf uh, combination oh, yes. in terms of like becoming an all-star in terms of the, the performance. We do. Okay. We do. Okay. Because yes. I'm still searching. <laughs> yeah. So good. So so not naturally, right? Not naturally. I mean, you, you definitely have the tendency. People have the tendency towards you know what their 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 natural affinity is, right? Yes. If they're naturally flexible. They're going to want to work on more flexibility. Yeah. Even though what they need is the opposite. Yeah. And same thing the other way, right? <laughs> if someone's naturally a little bit more strong, maybe a little stiffer. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do all the flexibility work yeah. because it's a lot harder, right? Um, it's just, it's, I mean, I think that's just kind of human nature too, right? You just want to do the things that you're good at. You don't want to work on the things that you're not so great at. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. That's true. No, nobody wants to feel like a failure oh, yeah. or just struggle. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of one of our patients we, we have, um, we've had a, a few months ago and, 
you know, she had that same kind of thing going on. She was fully flexible, had all this great range of motion going on, all the kind of solid foundations you'd like for range of motion mm -hmm. in, in dance and to getting into these positions. Uh, but again, just no bodily control, no bodily awareness of how to do it actively. Right. Um, and I, I think a lot of it also kind of gets contributed to just, you know, obviously you've got to spend time in these postures to get good at them and to kind of get your body used mm -hmm. to being in those positions. But um, I think the amount of time spent passively in those positions versus the time spent actively achieving those there, positions is a little bit of a... There is something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I did work for a little bit with a physical therapist. Yeah. And uh, he was always ranting about how, oh, ballet was horrible. <laughs> you shouldn't be spending time in these positions, which I mean... Now that I'm older, I can understand because I don't yeah. feel a little bit more on my hips sure than thing. I used to. <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like it's kind of it's it's a trade off yes. because unfortunately, with dance and and more more focused on the ballet, yeah, is that it is a repetitive sport. Yes, and you will do the same thing over and over again. So Absolutely. you'll do the same step five hundred times. Yes, and then eventually, what they want it they want you to do is they want you to be able for it to become muscle memory. Yes. So then they can add more things, and it gets more difficult. You're not having to think about the basics. Absolutely, yeah. Which I feel like that's good if you're doing something else mm -hmm. to strengthen everything else, which I think that that's a weakness in all dance right now is that there's not enough of the strengthening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's that's kind of the, um, you know, I, I always kind of bring it back to our world because obviously I don't live in that dance world, but, uh, you know, say we have like a, a, a good example is like a baseball pitcher or right? someone mm -hmm. who's like throwing over and over doing the same motion over and over yes. and over again, right? They may yes. throw 300 times in a session or a hundred times in mm -hmm. a session. Right. And you see these anatomical changes where like, I can only bring my arm back here, but you'll see like a baseball player is able to bring their arm all the way back. Yes. Do it all the time. It's the same thing in, in dance, right? You repetitively do all these things. Your body changes to, it's a sport specific adaptation for your, your tissues and your muscles. So your body is going to adapt to what yes. you do. Yes. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I, I don't like vilifying those things. I think it's a natural no, thing you're that nice. happens. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. but, uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we need, you need that adaptation to be sport specific to succeed in, in your chosen field, right? And You do, and, and I feel like you have to have all of the building blocks. So just, I mean, you know, going forward, you're like, oh, wow, I yeah. want to do this. Then know that you need to be able to equally balance it in other areas. Yes. And then, you know, I get, I, I do sometimes get parents like, well, my child's going to be crippled by the time she's 50. And I was like, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily, yeah. No, this is a, you know, don't, yeah. I mean, yes, your body will break down, but everybody's sure. body's going to break down. Everybody, everyone's going to have something going on depending on what they've done, right? It, and, it, it is. And, and I mean, you know, I know people that haven't danced today in their life mm -hmm. and they still complain of knee problems. Yes. So absolutely. it's it's just, you know, really how how well you actively want to take care of your body yes. and, and how much you're willing to put the work into it. Exactly right. Exactly right. It just kind of ties into what we were saying with the working on your weaknesses, not just your strengths. Correct, yes, that, <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. So so one thing that we like to ask everybody who's on the podcast is, uh, is there a piece of advice or maybe a healthy habit or something along those lines that maybe you see in your chosen field of, of dance that could maybe be applied to a general fitness population so someone may be able to kind of integrate into a daily routine or something that they can maybe try out to see if it improves their health and fitness? 
Well, and, and I'm just going to go back to my pet peeve is if everyone could really fix their posture. Yeah. I'm sure you see that a lot. I, sure. I, Absolutely. I wish I could stop people in the grocery store and fix it sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I can help you. Um, to me, that's really kind of where it all starts to go wrong yeah. for everyone is, you know, you have people and they don't understand how their body should be and sure. they don't understand how they should be standing. Yeah. And if you don't know how you're standing, absolutely, you don't know how you should be sitting. Yeah, it's all it, you're gonna have issues from from there on out. So I, I just really wish that like people would really focus on yeah, a, looking for what would be the perfect posture for themselves. Yeah, and everybody's different. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, I've worked with so many different people in so many different rages. And yeah, there, there's there's like I would say an active neutral spot for you to find. Yes. And I sure. wish people would focus on that more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure that's something that you cue your, your students in too, right? Is with the, in, in postures when they're in their desk oh, yes. and things like that. Yes. Um, are there, is there, is, is there, you know, is there a quick, a quick tip or a quick cue that you maybe give your dancers for improving their posture when they're in, in classes? Is there like a, a, sometimes we say something like, imagine you got a string in your head and have it pull up uh, or, you know, something we like do, that. <laughs> we do talk about the string in, your, in their heads pulling up. Um, always, I always tell the students, I was like, you're going to be royalty now. So you, you have go. to stand up, look royal. Yeah. Dropping your tailbone, pulling up with your core. Yeah. And then one of the tricky things, and I don't know, this might be different, but with, sure. the, with the shoulders, I tend to get a lot of students that come in and they think that perfect posture means pulling their shoulders back. Right, right. Because everyone's mom and grandma. And dad, oh, Be straight up, yeah. So then I get this, you know, this, this peacock chest out yep. here. And I was like, no, no, no. Think about putting your shoulders over your toes. Sure. That's probably a better cue. Absolutely. I mean, we, we see that posture all the time. People think, you think, what, what do you think good posture is? And it's always the same thing. Let me squeeze yeah. my shoulders back. Let me yes. do this, right? And we actually see a lot more problems from that posture than we do if they were to just it, slouch. It, it really <laughs> adversely affects the back. Yes. And people don't realize that. Yes. It really, and that is like, I feel like the, one of the number one complaints I get is like, oh, my back hurts. Mm -hmm. Well, if you wouldn't put your shoulders back. Yeah. But I mean, you know, really just, just lifting up and pulling your shoulders forward, which the dancers, I'm always saying, well, you know, we go with, if you're going to fall, which yes. everyone falls, we'd rather you keep your center of balance mm -hmm. over your feet so that you can catch yourself versus pulling your shoulders backwards. You might trip and fall backwards. You can't catch yourself. Sure. Absolutely. It's a good point to make. Absolutely. And, you know, back pain, shoulder pain, it all comes from like, we see that over correction. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. You make me feel good. Yeah. Okay, I'm no. not the only one here. No, 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 no. That's something we wish more people would kind of, you know, think about, you know, it's, it's not, a, we actually call it more of a big, we, we call it a military posture, right? Hey, okay, there you go. In this position, they're flat back, they're pinched all the way up, and they're kind of in this attended position. It's very and stressful. It's <laughs> so stressful. It seems so tiring throughout your day if you're doing that. It hurts my back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, that's that's great advice. Yes, I mean, so if you're if you're listening to this and you're probably straightening yourself up in your car right now when you're listening <laughs> because you're talking about posture, uh, it doesn't have to be all the way straight. You don't need to be pointing your shoulders back. It's really just, you know, like, um, Elizabeth said, shoulders, uh, you know, shoulders over knees, shoulders over toes, that kind mm -hmm. of position, just kind of getting you into a different position. So mm -hmm. that's awesome advice. And that's a great base to, to start working on pain, start working on uh, just improving your, your lifestyle. That's awesome. For people who are interested in, 
you know, maybe they have a, a, a child who's maybe interested in starting some dance classes or something like that. Mm -hmm. Who can they get in contact with you directly or uh, how can they get in contact with y'all to see if it's a good fit for them to come into working together? They can. Um, we, we take children. We, we've started different um, kind of stretch classes yeah. for adults. Cool. Which now with all of this COVID going around, you know, yes. people have been sitting and not doing anything. And we do offer like online classes as well. Cool. So, but you can look us up on the web. It's um, performing arts. You can type in the whole the whole nine yards, performing arts school of classical ballet, or it's pascb.com. Okay, cool. And you can you can text us, you can call us, you can email us, and you can drop by, and hopefully yeah. we can help you find a fit. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we look forward to kind of uh, having you back on again in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Do you want more health and fitness guidance? If so, go download our PR Life Roadmap. It's your one-stop guide to all things health and wellness. This free guide gives you the exact steps to take so that you can start and stick to living the healthy lifestyle you've always wanted. That's available for free on my website, www.theperformancerepublic.com. It's also available on our social pages. When you sign up, I'll also include our pain relief guide as an added bonus. So whether you're working through injury, developing your fitness routine, or optimizing your lifestyle, we will support you every single step of the way. All you have to do is sign up today at www.theperformancerepublic.com. Don't wait to get your PR Life Roadmap today.